Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 32. And we're continuing our series that we've been talking about over the last several weeks about you've been called out. If you were not here last week or, or the week prior, I encourage you to go to check out our podcast and listen to, to the message that I feel like God has been speaking to our church here recently. Um, it's really been some really encouraging and great words, so I encourage you to go check that out if you've missed one of the series um, in this current series that, uh, that we've been speaking about. You've been called out. Our first sermon series was God calling out to Gideon in the wine press. And last week we talked about Moses and how God was calling Moses out from the middle of the burning bush. And what I thought about, there's, there, there are things that God has placed in our lives that, that are not discovered until we have that moment to where God calls us out. There's some things in your life today that, that you haven't even discovered yet that God has placed in your life before you were ever born, before you ever took your first breath. Jeremiah chapter 1, we looked at this scripture several weeks ago. It says in uh, 1 verses 5, it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you to be the prophet to the nations. God has set each and every one of us in this room today aside for such a time as this. So this morning, I want to look at the story of Jacob in Genesis chapter 32 Starting with verse 22, it says this. It says, That night Jacob got up and took his two wives and his two female servants and his eleven sons and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all of his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let go until you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob answered, he said. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask me my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. We have been looking at personal encounters with God from different stories in the Bible where individuals came face to face with God. They had these moments where they were surprised by God. These moments that were unexpected in their life. And what I thought about is this. As a believer, as a Christian, we believe that we serve a God that is a personal God. A God that wants to be involved in every part of our life. A God that is concerned with everything in our life. He wants to be a, a personal God within our life. He don't want to just be a God that is in heaven. But He wants to be a God that is personal to you. 
Like he wants to be your own personal God. He wants to be your own personal assistant. He wants to be the one that you cry out to. He wants to be the one that you call out to. He wants to be involved in every part of your life, from, from the good parts to the bad parts. He wants to be involved in everything. He's a personal God. He wants to be involved in your whole life. He's not just a God that wants to be part of your life on Sunday, but he wants to be part of your life Monday Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, when you're away from this place, when you're away from the worship team, when you're away from other believers, God wants to be that personal God that lives within your life, that, that is living and breathing inside of your life. You heard me say it all this before, that it's not about a religion, but it's about a relationship. So God wants to have a personal relationship with every single person in this room. So what I thought about was this. God is about relationships. So in order for us to have a relationship with God, in order for us to have a relationship with God, then what we need to do is have personal encounters with God. We need to allow, allow God to personally come into our life and encounter our lives and encounter our situations in our life. If we don't have a personal encounter with people, if you don't have a personal encounter with your husband or with your wife, then that, then that relationship becomes stagnant. It becomes boring. But if you have a personal relationship with him, in other words, if it goes beyond just a, a written, a signed a piece of paper to a personal relationship with that person, then you can have a, an encounter with that person and things change. Things don't get stagnant. Things don't get boring. But in our lives, if we don't have a personal relationship with God, things become boring. Amen? Things become stagnant. In other words, church is just a place where we come to where we don't feel God, to where we don't sense a move of God in our life. And I, and I have to ask myself, well, why, is, why, do, not, why do I not sense God? Why do, not, why do I not feel God? And it has nothing to do with God, but it has everything to do with me. So God is looking for a personal relationship with every single one of us. Not, listen, not the moment that you got saved, even though that is so important for each and every one of us in this room, is that moment where, we, where God sanctified our hearts, where he changed us, that we invited him into our life to, to change who we are. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a personal relationship with God beyond the moment to where you got saved. To where you live for him every single day. To where you allow him to live inside of you every single day. That personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because when we allow that to come into our life, man, the, the, the possibilities that God has for each and every one of us are so much greater. Why? Because we have a personal relationship with him. And so for us as individuals, not just as a church, but God is looking for, for people where he can encounter Encounter their hearts, encounter their lives, encounter their situations. Why? Because when he walks into the room, as we sang this morning, when he comes into the room, things begin to change. When God encounters our situation, when God encounters who we are, and when we allow him to come into our life personally, then things begin to change. Things begin to happen in our life. And we've seen it through scripture as we talked about it over the last couple of weeks. Gideon allowed God to come into that situation and that situation changed. 
Gideon changed. Everything about him changed. Moses allowed God to have a personal relationship with him and an encounter with him, and everything changed. He became the next great leader of, uh, of, of God's people. And so when we have a personal relationship with God, when we let ourselves become available to God, when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable to God, Man, things begin to change and things begin to happen in our life that we have never seen before. Why? Because we have a personal relationship with Him. It's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be, everything's going to be wonderful and hunky-dory and all this kind of stuff. But if we have a personal relationship, as I said with God, no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, no matter what the doctor tells us, no matter what diseases that we are fighting... When we have a personal relationship with God, everything is okay. Why? Because we've invited Him into our life. And when you invite Him into your life, what does He do? He takes every part of your life, your pain, your humility, your fear. He takes all of that stuff about you and He begins to work and begins to move. Why? Because you've invited Him in. A personal relationship with God. I read this quote this week. It says this, We must encounter one who is bigger than we are in every possible way until he leaves a mark. We must encounter one who is bigger than we are that in every possible way until he leaves a mark on our life. Every time that we meet with God, every time that we have an encounter with God, God leaves a mark on your life. God leaves a mark on your life to where you remember it. We all have scars on our bodies that you can look at that scar and you can remember the time where that, why you got that scar or what happened to you in that situation. When, when, when we invite God into our life, God personally encounters us, encounters us, but he leaves a mark on our life. So I want to tell you this morning, every single one of you in this room today that have a personal encounter with God, you've been marked by God. You've been marked by the Holy Spirit. So in allowing him to come into our life and then encounter him in every possible way, not just on Sundays, but encounter him when, you're, when things are not so good in your life. Encounter him when you're in the valley. Encounter him when you don't feel like the sun's going to shine tomorrow. Encounter him when everything in your life has fallen apart. Why? Because it's in those moments that God steps in and says, you know what, not only am I the God of your life, but I'm also the God of your problems. That if you allow me to have those problems, I will fix those problems and I will take care of those problems in due time. It may not happen the way you think it will. It may not happen the way that you think it should. But if you will allow him to take it, then he will handle it in God's time and do what God wants to do in your life. So having that personal encounter with God. When you have an encounter with God, you will never leave the same. All the great men and women in the Bible that encounter God never left the same. This story about Jacob, is, it's, it's a different situation from Moses and from Gideon, but it had the same results. The story of, of, of Jacob is a different story than from Gideon. It's a different story than from Moses. But what's cool about it is this, it had the same result. A man that walked away different. A man that encountered God different. He left different than what he came when he encountered God. So we see the story of Jacob and understand that this story is about a representation of our human flesh. What we all deal with in our life, fleshly issues in our bodies, in our life. Jacob was no different. He was dealing with his flesh. The, the back story about Jacob, before I get into the, the, into the meat of the, uh, the message this morning, is, it goes like this. It goes back to when his mother is giving birth to these two twins. 
We know the story that Esau was born first, but immediately after Esau was born, the Bible says that Jacob reached out his hand and he grabbed the heel of his brother Esau as if he was trying to pull him back in because he wanted to be, bo- he wanted to be born first. He wanted the birthright. He wanted the thing in his life that, was, that belonged to Esau. So Jacob had a fleshly issue. Jacob was dealing with flesh in his life. So Jacob was known as a hill grabber. He was known as a supplanter. He was known as a schemer. He was wanting to be first in the situation. You see, this is a picture of our flesh. This is a pic- Get it this morning. Picture your flesh this morning. Why? Because your, your flesh always wants something different than your spirit does. Your flesh wants to take over. Your, your flesh wants to dictate your life. Your flesh wants to tell you how to live. And so you got to learn how to take that fleshly issue and put it up under God and allow God to control your flesh as he also controls your spirit. So Jacob had a fleshly issue as we all face in our life. We all face fleshly issues in our life. But the, the question is this, are you allowing your flesh to dictate your life? Because if you allow your flesh to tell you what to do, guess what? Your flesh will tell you what to do. If you listen to it, it will tell you what to do. So you have to understand, which one are you going to feed more? The flesh or your spirit? Because whichever one you feed the most is the one that's going to grow the most. Is the one that's going to get the biggest in your life the most. So Jacob had a fleshly issue. He was dealing with this situation in his life. You see, Jacob coveted the blessing that belonged to his brother so much that he was willing to, to, be, to dress up like his brother, to, to have his mother prepare a meal just so that he can steal the birthright of his brother. So he had a problem. He had a fleshly issue. He wanted to be first. He wanted to be number one. He wanted the birthright in his life. And so he was dealing with the flesh in his life. He was willing to, 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 sell every, or to, to make this bowl of soup just so he could get the birthright of his brother. You see, we all, we all want God's blessings. We want the blessings that God has for us. But the problem is, is that sometimes we use our flesh in the wrong way to get God to bless us. We use, we use our flesh in the wrong way just so God can bless us. You see, Jacob was motivated by his flesh. He was taking what belonged to someone else. It really wasn't for him. It was for someone else. And so he was trying to take it from them. Why? Because he had this fleshly issue, this fleshly desire in his life. You see, in the moment that we're operating in the flesh, things cannot turn out the way that God wants them to turn out because we're operating in the flesh. We want God's blessings. We want to be part of God's plan. But listen to me this morning. If you forget anything that I've told you this morning, don't forget this. You want God's blessings and you want God's plan. But it has to happen in God's time. We all want his blessing. We all want to be part of his plan. And we want to have a great purpose. But it has to happen in God's plan, in God's way. If it doesn't happen that way, then it will not be fulfilled the way it's supposed to. You have to allow God to do what God's supposed to do in your life. God's blessings are gained God's way, not my way. God's blessings are gained God's way. In order to get God's blessings, you must die to yourself. In order to receive the blessings from God, you have to die to yourself. You have to die to your flesh in order to receive those blessings from God. When I am driven and led by my flesh... 
I miss out on what God has for me. I miss out on those God moments in my life because I'm dealing and I'm allowing my flesh to lead my life. Matthew chapter 16 verses 24 says this. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. You see that that word deny there, that means that you're removing yourself from the throne and you're putting God on the throne. That means that you do that not just one time when you get saved, but you do it every single day. That when you wake up that morning and you get your day started, you have to understand that in order to overcome your flesh, that you have to deny yourself that day and, and walk in God's spirit. Because if you don't deny your flesh, if you don't deny yourself, then your flesh will lead you. Your flesh will always lead you to different places that you don't want to go. So the Bible says, if I'm going to follow Jesus, if I'm going to be a disciple, if I'm going to walk in his way, then I have to deny myself. I have to deny the things that I want. I have to deny the things in my life and crucify those things so that I can be the person that God's called me to be. And can I tell you this morning, that's hard. That's hard to do to deny yourself. That's hard to do to deny your flesh. But if you want to be the person that God's called you to be, if you want to be more than just a Sunday Christian, then you have to learn how to deny yourself and get out of the flesh and walk in the Spirit. you gotta, you got to get past the, the fleshly things in your life. Well, pastor, you don't understand because you're a pastor and you don't deal with fleshly issues. Well, can I tell you this morning, that's a lie. And I don't know why I'm speaking that way. But it's a lie because you come pinch me, poke me, and I'm going to bleed. I'm a real person. I have fleshly issues just like you do. But what I have learned is this, and I fall victim to the flesh many times in my life. But there's times where I'm like, God, you know what? I don't feel like this, but you know what, God? I'm, gonna not, I'm not going to allow my feelings to, to dictate and rob me of the blessing that I know that you have for me. Because I'm going to kill that flesh. I'm going to kill that part of my life. Why? Because the Bible says that if I'm going to be the person that God's called me to be, if I'm going to be a disciple, if I'm going to make a difference in this world, then I have to deny my flesh and follow the example that God has assigned me. Why? Because Christ was crucified. His flesh died. But the Bible says that he overcome that. He overcome that through the power of God. His fleshly man died. And he overcome it, just like you and I. We can overcome fleshly issues in our life if we will put them under the blood of Jesus. That's where everything belongs in our life, is under the blood. It's put it under the blood of Jesus. And so we got to deny ourselves. we gotta, we got to walk in, in the, and be the person that God's called us to be. And that's difficult many, many times in our life. You see, if we desire that God encounter, then we must have to learn to die to ourselves every single day. You see, if you go back and you look at chapter 28 in Genesis, it talks about Jacob and the encounter that God had in a dream. He sees this ladder, and and this ladder that's reaching up to heaven, and it it comes down to the earth, and he sees these angels ascending and descending, but he sees God standing at the top of that ladder, and God begins to speak a promise over his life. He begins to say things about him and what's going to happen. In verses 15 and 16 in Genesis chapter 28, it says this, God says this to to Jacob. He says, I am with you. I will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land that I have, and I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob woke from this sleep, he thought this, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was unaware of it. 
You see, Jacob, listen, Jacob was unaware of God's presence in that moment. Jesus was so, or God was so real in that moment, but Jacob was so unaware of that God was there that day. He was not even aware of it. And so I have to ask my question, is it possible that we miss out on God's blessings, that we miss out on God's promise, we miss out on God's, uh, um, you know, God's direction in our life because we're living in our flesh? We're living in our flesh. Jacob was dealing with a fleshly issue. God was there that day. God spoke to him. He said, I'll be with you, Jacob. I will lead you. I will not forsake you. I promise you everything that I've said to you is going to happen. And Jacob didn't even realize that he was in God's presence. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to be in, uh, in, in church services and miss out on God's presence because of my flesh, because of my deal, my issues in my life, because I can. I can miss out on God's presence because of the flesh that's in my life. Don't miss God's presence because of your fleshly issues in your life. God's looking to do something big in your life. He's looking to do something small in your life. And sometimes we miss out on God's presence because we're looking for something in the big. And God just wants to do it in the small. You know, sometimes we're, we're, we, we want the thunder. We want the lightning. We want the light show. We want, the, 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 we want it all. But sometimes God's just wanting to show up in the small, in the quiet when it's just you and him. And so for us to have that, then we learn how we must have to learn to, to die to our flesh, take that fleshly man and push it aside so that we can get in God's presence. Are you guys with me this morning? Verses 20 through 21 says this in the same chapter, Genesis 28, it says this. Then Jacob made a vow saying this: If God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey that I am taking. And will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I will return safely to my father's household. This is what he says then. He says, then I will live for the Lord. Did you catch that this morning? He's living in his flesh. That if I do this, then God, before I do it, I need you to do this. I need you to prepare for me, God. I need, I need you to, to feed me. I need you to clothe me. And so if you do that, God, then I'll follow you. Then I'll follow you. And that's the way we do, God. God, if you'll do this for me, if you'll do this for me, God, if you answer this prayer, God, if you'll do this for me in my life, then, God, if you'll do that, then I'll follow you. But what happens when he answers that prayer and you don't follow him? You say you've looked at God and said, God, If you'll do this to me in my life, if you'll take care of this situation in my life, God, then I will follow you. And then God says, okay. And he does it, and you're still like not following him. You see, you don't make deals with God. You ever seen the TV show, Let's Make a Deal? Living a relationship with God is not a game show. You can't look at God and say, God, if you'll do this, if you'll do this, if you'll do this, if you'll do this, then I'll follow you. That's not how it works. You follow God first, and then he does this, and then he does this, and then he, then he takes care of this. But see, we want to flip-flop it, just like Jacob said. God, if you'll do this, if you'll do this, then I'll follow you. Then I'll allow you to be my Lord. That's not how it works. He becomes Lord first, and then he takes care of the other issues in your life. Jacob, that's where Jacob was. He was dealing with this fleshly issue in his life. We, can't, we don't make deals with God. We don't, we don't manipulate God to get him to do what we want him to do in our life. We, we either follow him or we don't follow him. 
We allow God to be God in our life, or we don't. We cannot manipulate God into doing the things that we want him to do. So number one is this. So how did Jacob get the blessing? How did Jacob have this encounter with God? Number one is this. You have to get along with God. Look at verse 22 through 24. It says this. That night Jacob got up. He took his two wives. He took his two female servants and his 11 sons, and he crossed over the ford to the uh, Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all of his possessions. And then verse 24 says this. So Jacob was left all alone. There was nothing in his life at that moment. There were everything that, everything that, that he possessed, everything that was important to him, everything that he had in his life was now displaced. It was no longer in his life for that moment, and he was left all alone. You see, sometimes we have to take things in our life and we have to get rid of them so that we can get along with God. Because I can tell you this morning that some of you are dealing with issues in your life that's becoming more important than your relationship with God. And until you get rid of it, you can't get along with God. Because it's, it's, it's becoming something bigger than what it's supposed to in your life. You, Jacob took everything and he, and he got rid of it. And he was all alone. You see, when you get all alone with God, there's no distractions. There's nobody running into the room. There's nobody coming between you and God. It's just you and God. When you have that long time with God, man, God shows up. God steps in. Because what you did was you took everything that, was, that you thought was important, you took everything that was important to you, and you got rid of it, and God noticed it, and God says, you know what, because they did this, then now I'm going to do this. Sometimes God just wants you to get rid of the distractions. Sometimes God just wants you to get rid of the distractions in your life so that you can get alone with God. God Jacob didn't know what was going to happen. He didn't know that he was going to have a en divine encounter with God. The Bible just says that he got alone. He just set, e set everything aside to the other side, and he got alone with God. You see, sometimes for us to have an encounter with God, God has to strip you of things in your life. Sometimes to have an encounter with God, God has to strip you. And what I mean by that is sometimes God has to take people out of your life that's not good for you just so that you can get along with him. Sometimes God will, and, you're just, and you, sometimes you're on the other side going, well, why is this happening? Listen, I've seen it personally in my own family. I've watched it. I've, I've seen it where, where things were happening, and I was just like, God, why is that happening? I don't understand it, God. It was like this one time, and now it's not like that anymore. And then I step back, and I go, well, God, maybe, maybe you're allowing this to happen so that something can happen in that person. Sometimes God has to strip you of things. So that you can get along with God. And sometimes God will do it himself. But you know what? God expects you to do it for yourself too. You see, what did Jacob do in that moment? Nobody told him to do that. Nobody was pressuring him to do that. Nobody made him do that. Nobody came to Jacob and said, Jacob, let me take care of that for you. Jacob did it on his own. He had a moment that he took everything out of his life at that moment so he could get along with God. Can I tell you this morning, when you have deep issues in your life, when you're going through troubled times, the worst thing that you want to be is alone. 
Why? Because when you're alone, you feel all alone. You're like, where's everybody at? What's going on? But it's in that moment that you get alone that you understand who God is, that you understand who God can be, and you understand and watch God work in your life when you get alone. Because you've taken everything out of your hands and out of this person's hands, and you place it in his hands. And you're like, God, there's no more distractions. There's nothing in my life. I just, I just need you to move in my life. And God says, okay, I'm going to move. I'm going to move. You just need to get along with God. Some, some of you in this room this morning, maybe, you, this is, maybe this is the first time this week that you've even read your Bible or even opened it. And I'm not saying that to, to, to point fingers at you. I understand. I'm just saying, if that's your life, if that's how you live it, can I tell you this morning, and I'm being honest as all I can be, then you are not going to be able to find out who God is for your life if you don't get in his word. If you don't get along with him, you're not going to find out who he is. You can't just expect God to show up on Sunday and do, God, and do something godly in your life when you're not willing to do it through the week. When you're not willing to show up and, and do what needs to be done in, in your life so that you can have that impersonal encounter with God. you got to have a long time. you got to get in God's presence. you got to allow God to strip away the things that don't need to be there so that you can become the person that God's called you to be. You see, Jacob realized that this was a serious moment. Jacob's brother was coming after him. Jacob's brother was coming to kill him, or at least he thought he was. He was coming after him. So the last place that Jacob wanted to be was all alone. But he got alone. He got alone with God, and, and God began to do things in his life. We don't want to be alone. We don't like to be alone. But, man, it's, it's in those alone times with God that God just totally just wrecks our life. God wants us to be proactive in our life. He wants us to take those things that are, that are pulling us away from him and, and get rid of them so that we can get in his presence. Too many times we find ourselves waiting for God to do it when God's waiting for us to pursue him. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says this, Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And then he says this, And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. God rewards people who seek him. God re rewards people who pursue him. Jacob, he got alone with God. He found him in a, in a place where he was like, man, I need to get alone with God. I need to have some God time. You see, when you start to climb the mountain, and the closer that you get to the top of the mountain, and the closer that you get to God, you will realize the people that started to climb with you on the bottom are not going to make it to the top with you. Why? Because at some point they may fall out. They may just give up and walk away. But as long as you pursue your relationship with God, then God will do and become the God that he needs to in your life. Listen, I've been friends with people for many, many years, and no longer am I friends with those people. I was like, well, why did it happen? I don't understand. Maybe it was because God was stripping them away from me so that I could be the person that he sees me to be. He sees me to be that person. And sometimes we have to strip away those things. But God earnestly rewards those people who seek him. God is wanting you to climb that mountain of holiness. God is wanting you to climb that mountain to get to where he is. And, and when Paul found himself in prison, when Paul found himself all alone, it was those moments that impacted him the most. Because when he was all alone, when he was stripped of everything, all he had was God. You see, when God take, when, when, when there is nothing left in your life, what do, you, what do you have? 
There's nothing left. If you don't have a relationship with God, what's, what, what's left? I, I've, been in, I've been in hospital rooms where, where, where the people in the bed, didn't, they didn't have a relationship with God. And it was just like, God, how do, how do people get through it? How do people make it, God, without that relationship with you? And so I'm just like, God, i got to get along with you because if I don't have you, I don't have anything. Despite how big my house is, despite how much money is in my account, which is not much, despite all of those things, I'm just saying, if I, all of those things are great, but if I don't have him, I don't have anything because that's the only thing that will last in my life is that personal relationship with God. So you have to have a long time with God. Number two is this. Sometimes in our encounter with God, sometimes our encounter happens when we're wrestling God. When you're wrestling God. Verses 24 and 25 says this. And, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. And when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched. And as, as he wrestled with this man, notice this. Not everybody encounters God the same. For Jacob, Jacob had a wrestling match with God. For Moses, Moses encountered God at the burning bush. For Gideon, he encountered God in a wine press. So every encounter that you have with God, is, it's not going to be the same as somebody else. So listen to me. Don't look at God and go, well, God, I'm not having that encounter, so you must not be wanting to do something in my life. Allow God to do the encounter that he wants to in your life, not what he's done in somebody else's life. Because Jacob had his own personal encounter with God. It was different than Moses. It was different than Gideon. He had a wrestling match. Cade used to be a wrestler. Think about that for a second. Jacob was wrestling God. And he couldn't overpower him. I mean, he could, but he decided not to in that moment. And the Bible says that in that moment that he touched his hip. You ever had something that was dislocated in your life? and you tried to keep doing the same thing that you were doing before it happened, it's very difficult. There was a time where I was a crazy kid. I know you don't believe it, but I'm just telling you, I was a crazy kid. I was in two weeks before I was going into the sixth grade. I remember it just like it happened yesterday. I went to a, I was bored. It was in the summertime. My friend was playing soccer. He said, hey, man, I got a soccer meeting. You want to go with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. I don't want to stay at home. I'll, I'll go with you. So I was at Southside Elementary School, and there was parents having a soccer meeting, and there was a, the ball field, the baseball field, that said, that's behind the school. There was a press box there. So somebody dared me, hey, I dare you to climb up in that press box and jump out of it. Okay. That didn't, I mean, that didn't sound like harmful, right? So I, I, I didn't go up in the press box. I went high up on the steps, and I sat down on the side of the steps. And in the moment, I pushed myself off. And the stair caught my pants. And I fell, and I braced myself with both arms, and I snapped both of my arms at the same time. Broke them. I mean, you could hear it just like a twig snapping. Ba-ba. So I'm just like laying on the ground. These kids are standing around me going, get up, get up. I'm like, I can't get up. I had to walk from the press box to where all these parents are having a meeting. Now imagine me walking. I'm, like, I'm standing like this. This arm is broken here, and it's broken here, but it goes like this. Now imagine the look on, the, on, the, on these families' faces as I walk up, and I'm just like, I'm in shock. I don't, even, I, don't, I don't even think I'm crying because I don't even know how to cry at that moment. It was so much pain. The guy puts me in the car and takes me home. My dad takes me to the emergency room, and they, of course they set my arms and all that kind of stuff. And I remember, listen, I remember that pain like it happened yesterday because it was some excruciating pain. 
But what I thought about in that moment as Jacob is wrestling this man, there's this pain that is happening in Jacob's hip, but he's not letting go of this wrestling match. He's like, I'm not letting go until you bless me. In other words, I'm hanging on through the pain. And what I see sometimes in our life is this, the moment that we have pain, the moment that we have difficulty, the moment that our waters begin to stir a little bit, we let go. We let go and we step back. And it could be just in that moment, that encounter with God, that wrestling match, is that you are going to receive your blessing. But you, if you let go because of the pain, you may miss your blessing. You may miss your blessing. The encounter with Jacob happened in a wrestling match. It wasn't a burning bush. It wasn't a wine. It was a wrestling match where he was wrestling with God, and God encountered him, and he changed his life in that moment because he did not let go. Everybody in this room, you've experienced some kind of pain. And what I've learned is this, that in my pain, if I will still hang on to God, everything will be okay. I may miss out on something if I let go. But if I hang on like Jacob did, I'm not letting go. Into, and listen, Jacob is still battling his flesh here in this, in this issue. He's still dealing with flesh. And so he's still hanging on in the midst of that pain. And he's like, God, I'm not letting go until you do something in my life. And Jacob, was, his life was forever changed through a wrestling match. Through a WWF steel cage Nobody getting in, nobody getting out, wrestling match with God. His life was changed. And he worked through the pain. Why? Because he was trying to die through his flesh. And the only way that he could die through his flesh is to work through the pain. And so God blessed him in that moment. You see, sometimes we think God, or we think it's the enemy that's battling with us. And that's not always the case. It could be God wrestling with you, trying to get you to have an encounter with him, but you let go too soon. You walk away too soon. And God's like, if you'll just hang on, I'll bless you. If you'll just, don't, don't let go of me, I'll bless you. But we think, well, that can't be God because God wouldn't do something like that. Listen, God, Jesus showed up in the middle of a storm to his disciples. He walked up on them in the middle of a storm. So don't tell me that God can't show up in the middle of a storm in your life because he can. He's God. So just hang on to him. Don't let go of him. Don't walk away from him. Don't let go until you receive your blessing. Because if you hang on, your blessing is just right around the corner. And you're like, well, God, if I just hang on to him, then I'll be blessed tomorrow. Or I'll be, it may not happen tomorrow. It may not happen next Sunday. But if you will hang on to him, the blessing is already yours. It's already been promised to you. But if you'll just hang on to him, you'll receive that blessing. God will give you exactly what you need in your life. But you got to have that alone time. you gotta, you got to look at that situation and go, man, you know, I don't understand it, but you know what, I'm, I'm going to stay here until God does something in my life. You see, when God encountered Moses, Moses was already broken. He was walking around in the desert taking care of sheep for 40 years. Don't you think that has some way to, to, to humble you, to break you? You see, Jacob wasn't broken yet. And so in, for, or in order for Jacob to be the person that God called him to be, God had to break him. 
If you were to go out and you were to buy this, or go find this wild stallion, this wild horse, in order to ride that horse, you got to do what? You got to break it. You got to break the horse in order for it to come under your control. And so, what God was doing in this situation, He was breaking Jacob down so that He would come under His, his leading, His guiding, because He was still dealing with flesh. And sometimes God has a way of breaking us down so that we will get rid of the flesh that's in our life, that, that is dictating and leading our life. God was breaking him in that moment. Every situation is different. Every situation is never the same. But don't think that God can't move and God can't bless you in the midst of a storm because he, can't, because he can. Doug was like, I'm not letting go until you bless me. And what I love about that is in verses 27 through 29, it says this. The man asked him, he says this, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. And then Jacob does this. Jacob says these words, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask me my name? And then he says this. Then he received his blessing. He received his blessing. Ready? Because he was completely surrendered to God in that moment. Because for everything that Jacob was, was all about him until that moment. And in that moment that Jacob said, what is your name? In other words, he's, he's trying to find out who he is. Things are happening. What is your name? Why do you ask me my name? And then he blessed him. He blessed him in that moment. You see, when we have a way of surrendering our life to Jesus, when we have a way of, 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 of being broken through, through God, and sometimes that's not a fun place to be, but man, can I tell you this morning, through the breaking, you will always be a better person. Always be a better person. But and in that moment, God was breaking him. But when he surrendered his life to Jesus, he received his blessing. He received the blessing. Verses 30 says this, So Jacob called this place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. Through that wrestling match with God, Jacob had an encounter that didn't just break him, but it, he surrendered his life to God and he was no longer the same person. He went from being a deceiver to being Israel. To being Israel. And the last thing this morning is I wanted to show you is this. Miss Karen, if you would come on up. Jacob was a marked man. Jacob was a marked man. Verses 31 says this. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel. And the Bible says that he was limping because of his hip. He was limping. Now understand that before the wrestling match, he was walking just fine. Everything was okay. But after the wrestling match, the Bible says that he was leaving the place where God was. He was limping. He was leaving different than the way he came. He was a marked man. In that wrestling match with God, God changed his life. And forever, his life was changed because of that wrestling match. And he walked with a limp. Now think about this for a second. People that knew Jacob knew and understood that he never walked with a limp before. What's, what's wrong with Jacob? What, why is he walking that way? Jacob, what's wrong with you? Why are you walking that way, Jacob? Well, let me tell you why. Because I had to die to my flesh. I had to die to myself. And, and I had a moment with God that God broke me. And my life is forever changed. 
Jacob went to the grave limping, being different. He died limping. From the moment that God changed his life, the moment that he surrendered his life to him, he remained faithful to God. And every promise that God gave him, he was able to see. He was able to receive. Even his family generation after him received the promises because he had a moment with God and he hung on. He was limping. Something was different. When you encounter God, you will never leave the same. You will never leave the same. The Bible says in in Hebrews chapter 11, 21, it says, By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, he blessed each of Joseph's sons, and he worshipped as he leaned on his staff. He had a staff where he would use as he limped. The Bible says that he leaned on that staff as he was blessing his children. He's blessing his children. He hung on through pain. He hung on through discouragement. He hung on through everything that he faced in his life. God broke him and he surrendered his life to God. And now we know the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When you have an encounter with God, you will never leave the same. You'll never leave the same. Can you imagine his grandchildren going, hey, hey, Papa, Jacob, what's wrong with your hip? I don't know if that's what they called him, but that's what I called my Papa. Hey, Papa, Jacob, what happened to your hip? Well, buddy, let me tell you what happened. I met God that day, and he forever changed me. You see, sometimes you got to strip away some things in your life to get to where you need to be so that God can be who he needs to be in your life. Don't you bow your heads this morning. Just close your eyes just for a second. Acts chapter 4 verses 13 says this. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. These moments, these encounters that we have with God gives us an opportunity to talk about what God is and who God is in our life and what God can do through a broken vessel. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 says this, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. You see, God shows up in a broken vessel. God shows up in a broken vessel. He he shows up in a broken life. And what happens is in a broken life that sometimes when God is restoring, there's, there's cracks in our life. And what happens is that the light of Jesus Christ shines through that crack to other people to show them that you're just an ordinary person. That there's nothing special about you. You're just an ordinary person that God's doing something in your life. When Peter, or when people saw Peter in them, they were like, they've been with Jesus. They've been with Jesus. Luke chapter 24. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever wants to lose their life for me will save it. A man who died to himself that day found himself. 
He found himself when he died to his flesh. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I have to ask this question this morning. If you're here this morning and you're struggling with a decision in your life and you're just like, I, 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 need, I, did, I need to get things right with God. I need to make some things right with God. I just need to do something different. If that's you with nobody looking around, will you put your hand up? Anybody? So that's me. Pastor, I, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with some, some things in my life. I'm dealing with some fleshly issues in my life, and those things are kind of overcoming my life, and I, I just need some help. I just need some prayer. Anybody, just you can slip your hand up and put it right back down. It's in the brokenness and the surrender that God does what he needs to do. Will you stand with me this morning? We're going to pray. God, today, all, all, all we are is this, this ball of clay. And God, that's all we will ever be if we, if we remain absent from your hands. But God, the moment that we take this ball of clay in our life and we, we place it on that potter's wheel, God, your hands come around it and it begins to mold us into being the person that you see us to be, God. A flawed, not perfect individual who has problems in their life. But in spite of those problems, God, God, your light is still shining through our life. God, all we need is, is you. All we need is to have that moment, that alone time with you, Father. That's all we need. But it's in that wrestling match. It's in those moments where we're, where we're fighting flesh. And we're just like, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. But yet you overcome your flesh. And, and you say, you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. That God says, all right. Now I'm going to bless you. But remember that when you have an encounter with God, that you're going to leave different. So God, I pray today for every person in this room, God, that we walk out of this room different. We walk out of this room different, Father. We may not walk out with a limp. We may not walk out with, but God, as we leave this place, Father, today, I pray that we're, we're living, we're leaving differently than what we came in here this morning because we've been with you. So God, I pray for strength over every life that's here today. God, you, we are a ball of clay in your hands. You are the potter and we are the clay. Allow him to make you into the thing that he sees for you to be. Before he formed you, he knew what you were going to be. So God, continue to to, to lead us and guide us in our life so that we can be the men and women that you've called us to be. Blessings over every, every person here today, God. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said amen and amen. God bless you. Have a fantastic week. We will see. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you, so join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Have a blessed day.